Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Hello, my caregiver nation. I hope everybody's doing great today. Uh, Today, I want to talk about, you know, the issues of kind of seeing the bright side of your diagnosis and, and things that are happening when someone has a diagnosis because we don't always see the bright side. Uh, This week, I was talking to somebody that was blaming himself because he had some surgery done uh, on his neck. And when he had the neck surgery and the upper back surgery, it released that beta amyloid fluid that was already in his spinal column. And I was trying to explain to him that it isn't his fault that that beta amyloid was there. Pretty much everybody has beta amyloid in their system. But what it is is a a situation where it just kind of happened because he had that surgery. It released that fluid, and then it just kick-started what was going to end up being his Alzheimer's journey. And just trying to tell this guy, look, man, it's not your fault. When this happens, it just happens. What are we going to do to try to move forward? I mean, yeah, you can lick your wounds and you can feel real sad about it. You can be stuck or you can decide to live. You know, that's the bottom line. And... You know, I guess sometimes people, you know, sort of jump ahead and try to try to get in the game and, and cheer you up and, and all that kind of stuff. I'm one of them, right? That's what I do. I try to keep people happy. I try to maintain your quality of life. You know, other people will tell you that they've been through this, this journey, uh, you have to be a little careful with support groups because sometimes if support groups are not uplifting, you can get people um, trying to counsel you or or whatever. And sometimes you'll stumble through that. Sometimes you'll succeed with it. You know, sometimes you'll get validation for the things that you're doing. Sometimes you'll be so happy you'll do a happy dance. But along the way, you know, especially if you're like in an early stage group, um, maybe you'll be taught a lot. Maybe, Maybe you will glean some good information out of those support groups. Maybe you will learn how to navigate. And I'm talking to the people with the diagnosis today. Because 
some of the things you might feel if you're sitting in an early stage support group or if you're just talking to somebody like me and you don't know what to do, you know, you your thoughts are going to be, I don't know how to act. I've never been here before. I've never been in this place before. I'm not on this journey. I had no idea what it was going to be like to have a disease that was going to take my mind. You know, like the guy I was talking to yesterday spent 20 years in the military. He didn't deserve this to happen to him. Nobody deserves it to happen to him. But he said he went in for surgery and he came out of different people. He felt like he was a kid. He couldn't function. He couldn't find words. Noise bothers him. I've had people tell me that even the sound of their own breath scares them sometimes. They glance over and think they're seeing bugs. They, they can't find the word. They can't find their way home. They feel confused in traffic. And they spend most of their time waiting for the other shoe to fall. Well, maybe it'll fall, maybe it won't. You know, you have some control over that. And I've said it a thousand times. If you are openly communicating with your family and friends about your diagnosis, you will have so much easier of a time. You will. Because you're not fearful. You're not afraid. You're not arguing with people. People aren't judging you. They're going on this journey with you. You're not, you're not looking for a life raft or, you know, a lifeboat or something. You're walking hand in hand with people. I can't, I can't say it enough how important that is. And, you know, some of the things that, that you will find difficult is that you'll be thinking to yourself, you know, yeah, the brain has atrophy. It is losing density. It is losing its use and functionality. And it's getting smaller. And so is my world. I don't want to go out as much. I, I, I don't want to drive as much. Uh, I had somebody tell me last week that... You know, I had her and her husband move to a care community that um, she could walk around and learn the area. And they've been there now for two years. And she didn't come back after four hours. Her husband had to call the police to hunt for her. You know, that really made me sad. So that makes a person's world smaller. You know, now she doesn't know when she goes out, is she going to get lost Again, is she going to be able to to find her way back to her husband? Um, this is an area that, that she has been walking in for two years when she was in early, early stage, and now something shifted. Now she can't find her way back. That world is getting smaller on her. And some of the things I hear people say is, don't test me. Um, the other day on... Uh, a Million Little Things. It's a TV show that's on American television. And they are portraying that uh, one of the stars of the show's dad has Alzheimer's. And 
he was saying, don't test me with questions. That doesn't make me better. It makes me sad. It makes me angry. When you're testing a person and you're saying, well, what year is it? Or, you know, when I go in and do an in-home assessment, I try to build rapport with that person that I'm talking to so they don't know that I'm asking them questions. I, I start asking them about, you know, maybe where they grew up and stuff like that. And I let the conversation grow organically so they don't feel like they are being judged, so they don't feel like they are in a pickle, like you're testing them. Because that doesn't make the person feel better. It makes them angry. It makes them want me to leave. So I always try as hard as I can to have just a good conversation with people so that they feel comfortable and they're willing to talk to me and I can get to the root of the issues. I can help with communication skills. I can tell them what stage they're in. I can help their family be more prepared down the line. There's just a lot of good things that can happen if I can have that that compassion and that softness and the kindness and the and the strategy using techniques to glean information without making that person feel like they're an idiot or why am i peppering them with questions you know the bottom line is they're still there parts of them are missing but parts are still pretty good. You can still have conversations with people. You can still, you know, have a spontaneous intellectual conversation sometimes. Those kinds of things make a difference. Because otherwise you get people, you know, who say, gosh, you know, I think my, my neighbors must think that I'm a madman. A mad woman, you know, I'm going out to the post office box 10 times a day or I I go outside and I just scream because I'm frustrated or, you know, whatever it is. These kinds of things make people a little bit nuts and and they need an outlet, but then they worry, what is the world thinking about me? Who do they think I've become? Who do I think I've become? Who am I going to become? What's going to happen to me down the road? Those are incredibly worrisome things, right? And, you know, I like asking my people with a diagnosis, what helps you to function? What makes you feel like you're at your most optimum level? What suggestions do you have that you could help other people or I can help other people through my podcast? Because I want people to live more positively. Right? And sometimes I get I get answers like uh I don't know that it should surprise me, but but they will say things like I never really taught my kids my children, how to hear my pain. I was too busy telling them to listen. You know, we don't share our angst with our kids. We don't share our concerns. I think 
it's good to have teaching moments. I mentor four young women, and I have a daughter. And I try to share teaching moments with them often. And I think our people with these various diagnoses, they could teach us a lot if we're just willing to listen. We can learn about who they were and who they still want to be. We can hear their fears and we can calm them. We can hear their nervous energy and we can make that go away. But you have to do it from the beginning. Trying to do it later just doesn't work. So I ask, I ask all the time of, of the people. I asked somebody yesterday, the guy I was talking to yesterday, um, what do you think would help people to understand it better? And he said, sharing his diagnosis with friends and family. It's better to have them walk with you through the disease than to have them run away from you because they think you're going to lose your mind or because you, you know, have had too much to drink at lunch or something. You know... That is so true because friends seem to disappear. In the beginning, they ask, what can I do to help? What can I, what can I supply that would make a difference? And then you tell them, we're fine. And then by the time you need them, they're gone. So it's not a matter really of finding the things that you want them to do. It's more finding out what their talents are and what they can bring to the table to assist you with the things that they're already good at. You know, maybe helping with activities and things like that. Those kind of things make a big difference. So really thinking about, you know, what, what would you tell somebody to make your journey better? I think these kind of tips are wonderful And I'm going to have a couple more, but I'm going to take a short break and uh, listen to a commercial break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. Believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. 
Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Okay, so I'm talking about trying to be positive, trying to move forward, trying to think about things that that you can get from other people with a diagnosis and things that you can offer to people to help them understand you and your diagnosis a little bit better. And I think that uh, one of the things that really comes to mind for me is to cherish your moments. Cherish the moments that you have. Don't waste time looking too far ahead. Definitely don't do that. That'll just depress the hell out of you. Um, And don't necessarily look back. Don't regret things if you can. If you need to work through them, work through them. If you need to settle old um, grudges, if you there were people that maybe you had a falling out with or something, I think you ought to maybe try and make those up because unfortunately... Anything that you had in your past from when you were younger, any secrets you had or anything like that, they are going to come back to visit you again. And you won't have any control out of what comes out of your mouth. So if you've got things in the past that are eating you alive, fix it. Fix it now so you can move on. Okay? Because this the this minute in time that you have is only going to be good if you make it good. And if you can, if you can make good minutes add up, then the next thing you know, you've got an hour. You've got two hours. You've got a half a day. Turn on some music. You dance around at lunchtime. You take the dog for a walk. Um, you watch your favorite TV show that you've recorded, and now you can have a chance to watch it. Uh, cheer your hockey team on, whatever it is, right? And then the next thing you know, you got a full day of good, good stuff going on. And some, day, some days, some hours, some time frames are going to be better, better than others. Um, have people around you that are only going to be positive with you that don't look at you like the disease. Don't be afraid to tell people you have it because then you get their um, love and compassion. But beg them not to look at you like you are the disease. Just like people with cancer sometimes don't like to tell people they have cancer because they don't want to be cancer. They want to be who they are. And not everybody can do that. Not everybody can see past it. You know, but just tell them when you make a mistake with a word or you you put the wrong words in a conversation, you call something by the wrong name, whatever it is, big deal. Don't focus on it. You know it's happening and you're going to try and stay on top of it. You might go to a speech pathologist to get some help with that kind of stuff. Play some brain games to keep your brain really sharp. Let them know the things you're doing. Be an inspiration to people. Then they won't pity you. If you're an inspiration, they're going to try and follow you and see what you're doing, right? And when you are being an inspiration, you can find humor. You can share wisdom. 
Wisdom doesn't come from just experiences. Wisdom comes from gratitude. Wisdom comes from the things you've learned through your life that you can now share with other people and make your journey and their journey better. That's wisdom. Share those kinds of things. Share the things you've learned. Keep your brain sharp. Don't just sit there and feel sorry for yourself. There is no there is no quick easy way out of this. Well, I guess there is, but I'm not going to offer it up to you. What I want you to do is do what you can to laugh. Laugh at yourself, laugh at the world, laugh at things that are funny. Yesterday, I was uh on YouTube and I wasn't looking for a funny song. I was just, uh, my husband and I do a little concert in our backyard every year. And I found, uh, I I was actually listening to a song that he wants me to learn that is really turning an old song from the 70s upside down and playing it our own way. Uh, And some people may not like it. But for me, that's challenging. It's challenging for my brain to deconstruct a song and make it so people have to listen to it for a few minutes before they figure out what the song is. I love stuff like that. Doing things like that that keep your brain super sharp, right? But in the meantime, I found this incredibly funny song, and I had to send it to my husband. And I listened to that song I swear to God, 15 times in a row, if I listened to it once, just so I could kind of get all the words to it. And I laughed out loud through the entire song for two hours yesterday. Give yourself those gifts, right? Find that humor. Find peace in your day. Find find something you like and pay attention to it. I'm super excited about spring coming. And this is you you take your own example, but I'm going to give you an analogy here. I'm looking forward to my guy Jeff coming over and putting a new gate on the opposite side of my yard so that I can reach plants that are on the north side of my house without having to drag my hose 100 feet to get over there. And it's hard. It's hard to do. And because it's hard, uh, in the past, I kept thinking, man, I'm going to start sizing down my yard. I've gone through all this trouble over 20 years to make a magnificent, beautiful garden so I can throw a garden party in my backyard and play music. And the truth of the matter is, it's become a lot of work. I need my garden to nourish my soul, right? And I love going out to my old-looking, tired, dead plant garden and cutting everything down to the ground. Every plant I have grows on, does not grow on new wood. It grows by itself. So I have to cut all the plants down to the, to the ground. And I start watering. I water in the wintertime. Uh, The snow does that for me often, but when it gets a little dry, I go out and water. And then just watching the beauty of the earth rejuvenating itself 
new plants growing year after year. Last year, I tell you, most of my garden, because I have a summer garden, not a spring garden, only grows in like July and August. I was starting to think I wasn't going to get any blooms before my party. And literally, my party's the third Saturday in August, and about two weeks early, everything bloomed. I just had greenery stuff in my yard and my plants growing up and growing up, but nothing was blooming. (laughs) But the bottom line is, what I'm trying to tell you is, find that joy, find that peace, find the things that, that speak to your soul. Is it watching Ted Lasso or, or, you know, Yellowstone? What is it? Tell people that you love them. And tell the people that you love that you can do almost anything if the steps that they make for you are easy. And have patience with the people who are trying to help you because they're, they're learning too. You know, just not taking things too seriously. Um, use note cards. Use, use Alexa to remind you of when you have appointments and things like that. Buy large face clocks that can tell you not only the time, but um, anything else that you need. Get a whiteboard. Get a get a, um, a cork board and put things up there so you can see what you need to do for the day. You know. Uh, Revisit familiar places and get those places strong in your mind. Look at photo albums of your family and friends now and start labeling them so that you can go back and reminisce about good times and then do it again in a couple of years when things are a little harder. And for God's sakes, just take things one day at a time. Just one day at a time. You can't climb the whole staircase at once. Just take one step at a time and try to figure out what you're going to do to take advantage of every opportunity you can to feel uplifted. You know, it's like the old adage of take time to smell the roses or the flowers. You know, enjoy snowflakes. Feed a neighborhood stray dog. There's a difference between leaves and trees. Learn about them. Put cameras up so you can see what wildlife walks through your yard. You may not even realize that they do those kinds of things. These things can be fun. They can be troublesome or they can be fun. And remember that if you go to a support group You have to make sure that they are sharing good things as well as the things that they're struggling with. It's important to know you're not alone, but it's also important that uh, people ask you how you feel. Tell people to remember that you do feel and that you feel deeply. And if your family's crying all the time about losing you, well, you're sad about it too. Okay, but at some point, you got to get over the tears and move on. Quit blaming yourself and figure out what you're going to do to be innovative and courageous and flexible 
and and that you were going to stay that way because deep in your gut, you've got to know that there's going to be a time when you're not going to be so lovable. And that's when you're going to need that love the most. There's very few guideposts to help us move along the way. But you can use a new perception to take slow steps, take them together in this land that's going to have altered communication forms. And we need to be mindful that our outward appearances don't really give good clues into how you're feeling. So tell people how you're feeling. Okay, my friends, I just wanted to have a show today that helps those people that are struggling with the diagnosis and how to make things better, one step at a time. I'll see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.